0: You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily podcast on the Minnesota Timberwolves, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome everyone to another Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, your host here, Colt Molesky, bringing you daily Timberwolves content. Make sure to check out the website as well as the Locked On Wolves' Twitter account, that's locked, at wolves. You can also check out my Twitter account, at CMoleski. Today, we have a special guest on from SB Nation's NBA site. Chris Grenham is breaking down all the free agency action, who's remaining, who the Timberwolves should be targeting. All that good stuff is going down. But first of all, Chris, I'm going to give you like two minutes just to tell me how much your head has been exploding over the last couple of days. Have you been surprised, really thrown by anything? Or have you been plugged, you're plugged in so much, have you just not been thrown too much by anything so far in free agency? Well, you know, I thought things were going as planned
1: until last night when all this boogie <laughs> stuff came out, you know, up, up until that point, I, you know, I had a feeling Paul George was going to go back to OKC, it seemed like LeBron was kind of going to the Lakers from the jump, KD wasn't surprising going back, Chris Paul got paid pretty well, so maybe that was surprising to some people, but... You know, this DeMarcus Cousins thing, obviously, threw everyone for a loop. No one had a clue he was going to end up at Golden State. Um, But a lot of people are freaking out about how, you know, it's ruining the NBA and this and that. So my real mindset over the last, you know, 12 hours since this came out, more than that now, but over the last day, has really been that it doesn't really change anything. Because one, the Warriors are still the best team without them. Mm -hmm. So they were, you know, they were going to win this year anyway. So, uh, you know, there's that. And also... DeMarcus Cousins probably isn't going to play until probably just before the All-Star break. So he'll be out as he still recovers from that Achilles injury. So there's that. And, you know, other than that move, DeAndre Jordan going to Dallas, that has been, you know, rumored since he was held hostage a couple of years ago by his <laughs> teammates. So, so up, up besides, I would say besides the DeMarcus Cousins signing, I think it's all been relatively, it's been busy, but relatively status quo.
0: I wanted to get to the Paul George topic and talk to you about that for a couple minutes. But first, DeMarcus Cousins, everybody uh, was surprised by that. I was definitely thrown through a loop by that, uh, wrapped my mind around that team. But if you're looking at this, the Lakers were going to be kind of climbing up a hill, even if they do end up getting Kawhi in a trade this summer. Doesn't this affect more the Houston Rockets and really put the pressure on them to get Clint Capella back into the fold now with DeMarcus Cousins on the team that they were just a few, uh, a bad fourth quarter away from beating?
1: Yeah, I think it does. And I think, you know, this DeMarcus Cousins move impacts them down the road more so too, because, mm. you know, it gives them say this DeMarcus, you know, guys, big men, especially struggle coming back from Achilles injuries. That's, you know, that's there's, that has been a constant through NBA history, but, Say he comes back successfully, and, you know, this next summer going forward, we're talking about the summer of 2019, you've got guys like Clay Thompson and guys like Kevin Durant who are out there, and the potential, I don't want to say downfall of the Warriors, but a potential, you know, they could potentially lose some guys. So for the Rockets, they're looking at next summer as a, a chance to maybe jump forward, and, the, you know, the Warriors wouldn't be as powerful. But now that they have DeMarcus Cousins If a couple of those guys were to leave, that could be a little insurance policy for them. So yeah, I think it puts the pressure on them to go out and get Clint Capella back just because, you know, they could be staring across the conference at DeMarcus Cousins in a Warriors uniform for a couple years to come.
0: Well, and to really, if you're trying to come back from Achilles injury this is probably the best situation for you absolutely no pressure to market even if he goes back to the Pelicans with Anthony Davis there's still some pressure to get back sooner rather than later because of the Western Conference that they're up against during the Warriors now he doesn't even if they get too close to all-star break and they really don't want to test it if he shows up after all-star break that's still not the worst thing to happen for the Warriors because they like you said they're still the best team in the West
1: Right. It's a nice luxury to have. I mean, you go to another team, if you were to, say, go back to New Orleans or something like that, they'd be pushing, pushing, pushing to get him back as, you know, the Western Conference is totally cutthroat. Like, you need Mm -hmm. all the the wins you can get. So now in Golden State, you can take your time. There's no pressure on either side. You know, the only pressure I really see to try and get him back is the fact that there's going to be some adjusting when he does arrive into that lineup. You know, he's a ball-dominant big, and their lineup revolves around spacing and ball movement. So that's going to take some time to adjust. But again, he's an all star jumping into a lineup that already has four all stars. So these guys are going to be able to figure out it. Figure it out. It just might take some time. So that is the only reason why they might want him back. Otherwise, it is like a no pressure situation on both sides, which is really great for them.
0: Outside of that move, Chris Paul, when they did the sign and trade deal uh, to get him from the Clippers to Houston, there was kind of a wink wink situation that they would re sign him. Not really surprised they brought him in. Uh, the Mavs have been flirting, like you said, with DeAndre Jordan since he got locked up in his house by Chris Paul and Blake Griffin and Doc Rivers. And LeBron James has uh, – the, the rumors have been out there about L.A. for about a year now. And while he was going to go somewhere, uh, Philly would have had to move around some pieces. The Rockets would have had to destroy their cap and their bench, probably move a lot of pieces around. And the Celtics, with the way that the Celtics have been battling against LeBron, just didn't seem like the place to go, especially with Kyrie on that roster. So the other move that kind of surprised me, uh, I I can't speak for a lot of people, but it seemed like it surprised a lot of people was Paul George going back to Oklahoma City just because it seemed like he had an L.A. jersey set up for him since last summer, and this was kind of a one-year stint. You've been covering the Thunder for a long time, and you're plugged into the Oklahoma City Thunder. Why is this a good move for Paul George to go back to OKC? Well, it's an interesting move for sure. I mean, obviously
1: it surprised a lot of people. It seemed like when he arrived in OKC, it was almost a foregone conclusion that he would be in a Lakers uniform at, mm-hmm. you know, at this time. Uh, but obviously that's not the case. And, and a lot of people didn't see this happening just because of OKC's ridiculous payroll with Carmelo Anthony still on the books and Russell Westbrook. And, and it was just going to be tough to fit him in. But they just clearly Sam Presti just went after it. you know. So uh, I think it's a great move for him in the in the sense that he now has the security and there's security around this OKC Thunder team where in last year it was a little difficult to kind of get settled because everyone would talk about, oh yeah, they are pretty good, but Paul George is gone after the season. So now that he's locked in for the next couple of years along with Russell Westbrook, they have guys like Steven Adams, they just brought Jeremy Grant back. I think now they can get settled and they can all be a little more comfortable. I mean, they really created a great relationship with him this season. I was told by someone, before the all-star break that he was very close to committing to the thunder long-term. And then mm-hmm. a couple weeks later, right afterward, that same source told me that he had committed to them. So according to that person, he had committed to them way back, you know, around the midway point of the season. So I think it was really, it really revolved around Sam Cresty and Russell Westbrook, creating a strong relationship with Paul George and kind of, even though it didn't go as planned in the playoffs this year, letting them know really what,
0: What could be down the road? Interesting move there. Uh, What do you do you think that there is a realistic expectation around what this team can do in OKC? Or are they headed for more rocky times when they hit a really tough Western Conference next year? Is this something that could blow up in their face because these guys, they all think they're coming back and they think that it's going to be. Uh, not smooth sailing, maybe that's the wrong term, but they're they're going to have a spot in the West, and then they come, and now it's going to be a lot tougher than I think is even anticipated. Or do you think that there's appropriate expectations around this franchise, and that they realize they need maybe a couple more pieces here?
1: I think there's appropriate
0: patience, you know, in okay. in, in the sense that. You know, they know
1: that they're probably not going to dethrone Golden State. Realistically, any team that thinks that right now, obviously you all should. You know, you got to go into the season thinking you're going to win, but it's not really that realistic. I'd be shocked if anyone dethrones the Warriors this year. But I think now, like I said before, the security surrounding this OKC team is a little more so than it was last year. And with a guy like Paul George returning and Andre Roberson coming back from injury, it sounds ridiculous. But Andre Roberson is such an important piece to this team. He brings that defense together with him and Paul George on the perimeter. They present probably the most difficult perimeter defense in the entire league. And when Roberson was playing, they were a really, really, really good team. And they played against the top teams in the NBA, probably better than any other organization in the league. So I think if they can really get that going, something that they had going right before Roberson went out for the rest of the season with a knee injury, I think they could really be a legitimate team in the Western Conference, not a team that would take down Golden State, but a team that would have a playoff spot despite the Western Conference being so ridiculously stacked.
0: That's interesting, just because I think that really tells you what they're going to do throughout the rest of the summer because I feel like this team is still one or two kind of role-playing pieces away. And so if they they know that there has to be a patience around this and they can maybe pick up some young free agents – throughout the rest of the summer, going to, in to during the summer league here, then maybe maybe you can actually have a pretty deep rotation headed in. You just don't want to see a team like the the Thunder with everybody kind of stockpiling in the West. Grab Paul George, think that you're going to be okay, and then midway through the season, you're sitting there thinking, "Oh, we need like two more guys." Yeah, yeah, and they've talked about. Ty- I know
1: they met with Tyreek Evans the other day in Los Angeles. He met with the Lakers and the and the Pacers today as well. But there are pieces out there that they could go grab, those role-type players, like you said, mm-hmm. that would really help their rotation because that's something that they struggled with last year. Their rotation was rather thin. Guys would get in foul trouble. They'd be in, they'd be in trouble as a team, and they couldn't really function, especially once Roberson went out due to injury. So, you know, they went out and signed Nerlens Noel yesterday, which is an interesting pick. That might be more of a, a project signing in a way. But there are guys like... You know, Tyreek Evans out there, like even Jabari Parker. And I know Zach Levine is probably going to end up back in Chicago, but he's still there. So there are good pieces out there that they could go after. That would definitely help them out, I agree.
0: collins well, I know center there is pretty solid with Stephen Adams, but he actually played a lot of minutes as, as a power forward with uh, the minutes that he did get when he was in Dallas. So that's a guy who could be versatile and and flip around a couple positions just because he's listed as a center doesn't mean he's going to be contending with Stephen Adams for minutes necessarily. We're going to get to a quick break for some sponsors, then we're going to turn this conversation to the Timberwolves, but first some sponsors. Talking free agency here with SB Nation's NBA staff writer, Chris Graham. You can find him on Twitter and on SB Nation, putting out and pumping out a ton of good content right now. Headed into Summer League, excited for the Summer League action to kick off. But first, we've got to get through a lot of free agency still yet to go. And we've had an exciting run of it so far. None more exciting than for the Timberwolves fans this morning. I don't know if you saw this, Chris, but a report from Bleacher Report saying that Jimmy Butler not happy with Towns and with the, the youth in general on this team. Obviously, earlier this summer, you had the report talking about Wiggins and his effort and the problem that, t- that Butler has with his effort. And now Butler, it looks like he's not willing to sign a max contract with the Wolves because of what the youth have shown him throughout the first year with the Timberwolves. This is really troubling for Timberwolves fans. And Chris, if you're looking at the Timberwolves roster, if you have to choose between Towns or Butler, who are you signing to a max deal? I mean,
1: you really, it's tough because you really hate to see these kind of reports come mm-hmm. out, obviously, within any organization. But in my opinion, I think it's better to build around Towns. Obviously, he's 22 years old. He's a, you know, you got a 22 year old seven footer who has the ability uh, that Carl Anthony Towns has. I don't think you can turn that away. And I think he does like his role there. I think it would be, obviously, like you've heard, more difficult to go after Jimmy Butler and bring him back, regardless of if. Towns, you know, is still in the mold. I think he does have issues with some of the, you know, maybe front office people uh, in Minnesota. But if I'm the Timberwolves, at some point you just have to push Butler's side. I think Butler is, what, 28 now or something like that. So you've got a six-year age difference there. And I think you got to go with Carl Anthony Towns if you do have to pick between the two.
0: Is there a situation where a new head coach is is too far gone? where you can't really save this anymore? Or do you think that there's a situation where you can keep all the guys and maybe bring in a new head coach? I mean, I don't think there's a way where you can run all these guys back and it's just fine for the next season, just like I don't think Kawhi would be fine in the Spurs locker room. I think we're too too far down the rabbit hole now here. Either it's going to be a really rocky season for the Timberwolves or somebody's got to go. Is a head coach firing? maybe the way out or is that not going to do the trick
1: you know my first reaction is that probably won't do it you know Mm -hmm. especially with jimmy butler saying that it's you know the quote-unquote nonchalant attitude of guys like carl anthony Towns. so if you're going to try and really make an effort to keep him around i think it would probably have to go to revamping the roster Uh, if you know i'm just looking at from a broad scope here if i'm thinking of tom thibodeau nonchalant is not a word or phrase (laughs) that comes to mind in any sense. So I don't think Tom Thibodeau is probably the issue. He could be, but at least at the surface of these reports, it doesn't seem like he is maybe, you know, he's not thrilled with the people that they're bringing in uh, to Minnesota. So maybe it would be uh, someone higher than Thibodeau as a change, but I don't think a a head coaching change at least for now would really change Butler's mind. I think it would have
0: to be a little bit of a roster uh, restructuring going no, yeah, and when you bring that up, uh, it reminds me. Of one of the first thoughts I had when reading this uh, off of Bleacher Report was the worst case scenario is not only does Butler feel this way, but Tibbs feels this way, and he is kind of maybe not instructing, but fine with Butler airing his laundry against the young players in the media because they're kind of not sure what else to do and not sure how else to motivate these guys. And now you have a situation where if push comes to shove. Butler is going to be sided with, uh, or Tibbs is going to be sided with Butler, and you have maybe a front office who wants to stick with a young guy like Towns, and now you're in a real position where you might lose the coach and a star player.
1: Right, yeah. I mean, that would really surprise me. I'm, I haven't heard anything regarding, you know, their relationship in terms of airing that dirty laundry, but I, it just seems the way this is trending, I'm not sure how much of it has to do with Tibbs, but I really would be surprised, you know, granted he stays the whole year, I would be surprised if he doesn't opt out and leave after next season. And that's not the end of the world. I mean, obviously Jimmy Butler is a great player at 28 years old, but then you're left with a a, a, still a pretty solid group that you could build around Carl Anthony Towns. And there's a lot of people in the basketball world that if you were to say, Hey, here's one guy in Carl Anthony Towns and form a roster around him, they'd say, okay, that's pretty doable because, you know, he's a great talent and he's so young. So it wouldn't be the end of the world, but, the way this is trending, it does seem like he'll, he'll probably opt out and leave after next year.
0: Wasn't it last year uh, 27% of execs, I think, said they'd start their franchise with Carl Anthony Towns? Yeah, uh, granted, yeah. we have executives who are running the Kings and the Atlanta <laughs> the Hawks and the Orlando Magic, so maybe that's not worth that much. But still, it's, it's <laughs> it something says to substance. hold on to. It says
1: something, that's right.
0: <laughs> and uh, the, the last thing, talking about the Timberwolves before we head out here. I think this does impact, and this is kind of a two-pronged effect, I think this does impact free agency. I think that you are, doesn't it seem like this is all building towards a story at, like, the All-Star break next year, talking about how toxic the Timberwolves locker room was last season and how the beginning of this season is was dedicated to, to fixing the locker room problems? Because you've got to talk about, uh, you had all throughout the season kind of a, a disgruntled Jimmy Butler about maybe the way some of the players were handling their business. After the season concludes, right away you've got the story about, it wasn't really verified, but the story about uh, tips throwing stuff through glass walls and, and losing his <laughs> cool with front office execs. Then you have Butler coming out against Wiggins, now against Towns, and the young players in general on this team, which there are quite a few of them. There were last year as well. Doesn't this all feel like it's building towards uh, a really poor rest of the free agency because nobody wants to be a part of this?
1: It kind of does, yeah. And, I mean, you've seen that storyline so many times in the last couple of years in the NBA. Like, it wouldn't be outlandish for that to be the way this kind of blows up. It's it's a lot of progressive things, and and I could totally see that happening. I have a feeling, you know, with free agency, obviously there has been a lot of action in the first, you know, 48-plus hours of free agency. So there are still some veterans out there that I think could potentially help this locker room. I mean, I'm not saying they should go out and grab Vince Carter, but I'm, I'm saying that, you know, some of those guys, like even a Jeff green or just any sort of presence within this locker room that could try and help mold as a last ditch effort would help. And I think that's probably the right move to make granted. I'm not a GM and maybe that's why, but that's just (laughs) my opinion. I think, you know, the way this is trending, it's not good. And so there needs to be a change. And Anthony Tolliver is a great player and that will help too. He's a good influence. who has been in the league for close to 10 years. So that's a guy who will go into the locker room and help out too. But maybe a guy like a Jeff Green or a Vince Carter, I'm not saying those individual guys go get them, but someone of that, you know, veteran mantra would probably help this situation come in because it doesn't sound like it's, it's too pretty. Everything, you know, you've alluded to over the last couple of minutes. Yeah.
0: Well, and, the other thing, I was talking about this the other day, just in general with the way the Western Conference is so jam-packed with talent, there really is two things you can do. You can either, if you're the Timberwolves approaching this, just the other day, it's crazy how things turn around so fast in free agency, but just the other day, you can either try and really get out from underneath some bad contracts, try and sign some, some guys who are proven commodities, guys who can really, really make a difference right away on the roster, move around enough pieces to, to get things to fit a little better than they fit last year. Everything felt a little disorganized, even with the, the new star power last year. It just felt a little disorganized. Not everything fit quite together. You can either try and fill in those gaps this season with some free agency acquisitions, or you just submit that while this team is still vying for the playoffs and you still have the talent to buy for the playoffs, Maybe you need to get some young guys so when the Warriors are up for all those contracts in a couple of years, your team has three or four guys that have proved themselves on your roster, and now they're only 24 as opposed to a bunch of guys that are in their 30s or in their mid-30s when the Warriors are up for all those contracts in a couple of years. Is the second option sounding a little better now if you have Butler who might not come back to the team? Maybe you do invest long-term around building a really young core around towns and kind of getting a a crop of guys more like Josh Okogie rather than uh, Taj Gibson.
1: Right. Yeah. I I think it has to sound more appealing. And I think that should sound more appealing to almost every team in the NBA. The NBA is in a really weird place right now where there's like these top tier teams like the Warriors and now the Celtics and, uh, you know, formerly the Cavaliers there, there was, you know, there was a, there's a top group of teams, but, Nobody's going nobody's gonna to beat the Warriors for the next one to two years. So for a team like Minnesota, who's in the middle of the pack in a really good Western Conference, you have to look at investing long-term. And I think this is kind of changing subject a little bit, but I think that's, in a way, what LeBron did by going to L.A. If you were to look at his options beforehand, you know, say he goes to Houston, all right, that's great. You know, They just lost uh, Trevor Ariza, so now he's there with a great group in, you know, James Harden and Chris Paul, but they still probably wouldn't beat Golden State. They still couldn't match up. So rather than going there and, you know, exhausting the next two years of trying to go after that empire in San Francisco, you go to L.A. and you build around a foundation of young players and you invest for the future. I think LeBron is kind of committed to that, saying, look, these next one to two years are potentially, you know, you can't win. In these next one to two years. And I think he's accepted that. I think a lot of other teams need to do that. And the Timberwolves, especially with this whole Jimmy Butler situation going on, if they can build this roster around Carl Anthony Towns and invest for the future, it will be much more rewarding when the Warriors' contracts all end up and maybe some of these guys go their different, their separate ways. For them to have a good young core that has a couple years of experience playing together in the NBA, it's. I think it would be much more useful, and I think the investment in a long-term youth movement is definitely the way a lot of teams should be looking at this next one- to two-year period.
0: When you look at it right now, uh, Josh Okogie, he should be a a pretty solid role player. Same with Keita Bates, Diop, and you've got Towns, Wiggins. You at least have Butler this year, uh, Taj Gibson, Jeff Teague. That team is going to be Tyus Jones. Justin Patton could be really good, too. Uh, and now assuming that these draft picks aren't absolute duds, that's still going to be around a 45-win team, I should think, which is should put you right in the within spitting distance at least of the eighth seed, if not the seventh seed as well. And so you can't tell me that instead of trying to move the Gorgie contract around and, and move some pieces around for uh, maybe uh, a, a top-tier free agent that's still around right now that could maybe – Give you 25 really solid minutes, 20 25 really solid minutes now, and try and get a higher seed. Maybe you try and get a couple draft picks, maybe you try and get a few more draft picks for next season. You try and really invest in the future because Towns. I, I really feel like Towns is going to be a Timberwolf for a while, and yeah. it does feel like if you go with somebody, it is Towns. Yeah, I, I agree. And like you said, like they're
1: take this year's draft for example, they did a really great job. Kate Bates, the. Uh, was a steal in my opinion where they grabbed him and I think his skill set for the NBA is just that long skilled wing he's got like a 72 73 wingspan he's a great rebounder and he can defend on the ball against multiple positions I think he's going to be a great player and Josh Kobe is was one of my favorite players in this year's draft class I think he's you know the peak role player kind of and uh, you know he's kind of hidden on a pretty bad college team but he has all the tools to be a really good role player. And I think he's got a lot of upside. So if you, you know, gather a couple picks and have a few more drafts like that, where you find not, you know, crazy showtime players, but these quality, quality guys who can help a team form around Carl Anthony Towns, I think that's the way to go. And it could really benefit them, you
0: know, four years out, five years out. There you go. That that seems like a pretty solid plan. And again, it's not tanking. You're just, you're just accepting that, you got to really think more long-term, and you're not vying for a championship right now. Uh, But you are still trying to make the playoffs. You are still trying to win playoff series. This is a team that can still make the playoffs. It's talented enough. Even if the pieces don't fit exactly right right now, the pieces are going to get you to the playoffs. Uh, Chris, thank you so much for joining the show. Anything out there you would like to plug? Any recent articles that people should go check out immediately?
1: Uh, no, just follow me on Twitter at Chris Brenham and all my. I do a lot of Celtics coverage on Celtics Blog, but uh, I'll be out in Vegas for the next week at Summer League, so I'll do my best to get as much Timberwolves coverage as I can out there. So I'll, I'll feed you guys with as much T Wolves
0: content as possible. Fantastic. All right. Thank you so much for joining us, going. Thank you, listeners, for tuning into another On Wolves podcast, part of the On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Timberwolves. The Daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network